1: Welcome to the latest episode of the SWN podcast. I am your host Billy as always and I am joined this week by the staunch superstar. Uh, he's here to make SWN podcast great again and we're going to have a chat and chill. It's Jason Reed. welcome to the show.
0: Billy, thanks very much for having me. I've been looking forward to this one uh, since we, uh, we organised it. Uh, looking forward to sitting down and, and having a good chat and uh, yeah, talking all things wrestling so let's do it.
1: Yeah, I mean you're definitely a guy that I've I've been aware of since you pretty much started so i'm very glad that i'm able to to get you on but when i was looking at when you started it was like 2015 was the debut according to the germans at cage match and i was like it can't have only been six years it feels like you've been around a lot longer than six years you seem to have packed a lot in in that time um but yeah the question is always the same it's always the same first question how did you get into wrestling what got you hooked
0: um, it's probably a similar story to, or a similar answer to, I guess most of the other guys that you've had on, um, because I think we're, we're pro- probably all similar in, in that sense of how we started. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I kind of was introduced to at a young age. Um, obviously, had the, the, the DVDs, got the, the DVDs for Christmas, etc. For birthdays, um, had a, a really good mate sort of coming through primary school and, and maybe first, second year in high school that was majorly into wrestling. Um, he had like all the, the tapes and stuff in the loft, like old WCW uh, nitro tapes. So he was he was a very, very hardcore fan um, back in back in the day. He used to invite me up and watch all the pay-per-views back when they were on sort of Sky Sports or or, or I think it was Channel Five at one point as well. Um, so yeah, that was my first kind of introduction to to wrestling. And yeah, I mean I was pretty much hooked um, from, from that moment on. Um, and then going through high school, I think that the more we kind of watched it together, the more I got into it and kind of understood, um, you know, and started to have favorite favorite characters and and started to watch it a bit more, a bit more regular. And then probably towards the the sort of middle of high school, um, we actually ended up uh, building our own wrestling ring in, in one of our mates' back gardens, um, which was a bit of a shambles, but. We we had a, a sort of trampoline, and one of our mates, his granddad, owned like this recycling um, plant thing, uh, just up the road. So he had like everything on hand. So he had like loads of wood boards, ropes, everything you could imagine. So we used to go up there and like and haul stuff back. It was like a thirty-minute walk in these big wheelbarrows. So we had like bits of plywood, big posts, uh, turnbuckles, ropes. And yeah, we set up our own wrestling ring, uh, and that's kind of how it started. And then after that, um, I was kind of introduced to W3L, their training school, which was just obviously along the road from me. Um, Probably, I I think I was maybe about 17 or 18 at the time. Um, And yeah, I just kind of started training there properly. And then, yeah, as you said, maybe about a year later, I sort of made the the debut. And and yeah, um, it, it kind of all went from there, really.
1: So you did some trampoline uh, wrestling. Did you have a gimmick was There was was it a company name? What was what was that? Like we oh, emulating I, people. I, I think it was about
0: both. Um I funnily enough, I actually got sent a, a photo the other day from one of the guys that I used to hang about with. Um and it was like a photo of, of us in this, this trampoline ring. Um and it was an absolute belter. Um I don't think we had a name as such. Um we kind of all had like our own characters and stuff and mine, oh, I'd hated to, to watch it back, I really would, but I think mine was some sort of like mega rich, um, you know, brown nose um, sort of guy and it, it, probably, it probably is not not far off what we kind of do in WrestleZone in all honesty. Um, you know I think I had one of my dad's suits on and stuff so yeah it was a bit of a, a bit of a shambles but it was it was good fun um, and yeah like I said I kind of I, I got sent some of the stuff over a few weeks ago and um, yeah I probably won't watch that back again in all honesty
1: I know that unfortunately when we moved house years ago uh, when I was younger there's a camera that has a, a video of me doing uh, trying to do swan So I didn't do swan on. trying to do swan-ons into a mattress that mysteriously went missing uh, during a house yeah. move, which I'm very oh. glad about. But hopefully, nobody has watched and go, I recognize that guy from that podcast. I'll put this up on YouTube. And
0: I got a video, the video was about three minutes long. And I got about five seconds, and I was like, "I cannot do this." Put the phone down. I was like, "I physically cannot watch this because it's just so so bad." So, I may go back and, and watch that. Maybe we'll see. It's um, it's going to take a lot to to run through the whole thing
1: for sure. Maybe one day uh, bring back the the they diaries, and you can just go through it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's.
0: True. I'll just I'll just I'll film myself watching it. And uh, oh, God, I don't know if I can put myself through that. I need to really prep myself for that, you know.
1: So you're cringing at the thought of doing any of it easier. Um, yeah, so you have a little, you have, well, I was going to say you have a bit of experience, uh, I suppose, with the backyarding, with, with the trampoline. How, When you started W3L, what was the first moment you went, oh, this isn't like I thought it was going to be? Uh, was there a bit of apprehension when you, when you started?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things you know, that I've, I've done and it, probably quite a lot of guys that start out in wrestling, guys and girls, of course, um, they probably have the same sort of process that they go through and that you, you kind of, um, you start wrestling and you think that you might just go in on the first week and, start, you know, learn how to do a pedigree or learn how to do a suplex or, you know, all, all the cool stuff. But in actual fact, it's, it's, it's far from that, you know, you, you go in and, you know, the first, um, you know, maybe six months, even, you'd be sort of focusing on basics and and really the fitness aspect of things, which is really, really hard. Um, And yeah, I I was well out out with my comfort zone um, for a very long time in wrestling, um, especially the the, the training side of things. You know, there'd be times where I'd kind of actually put off going to training because, again, I was just uncomfortable with the whole thing. Um, It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And, you, you know, you almost doubt yourself and you think, you know, is this really what I want to do? And that's when you find it in yourself, you know, and at that point then that's, that's, and you hear the phrase, um, you know, a lot of people getting weeded out perhaps. It's not a case of getting weeded out, it's just you really find it in yourself if this is what you want to do. And if you want to do that for real, then you'll make it over that sort of huge hurdle, you know, and then once you get over that initial hurdle and, you know, you get the basics under your belt, you get a good level of fitness, then you can start to kind of get into a rhythm and stuff. But yeah, I mean, to answer the actual question, for sure, man, um, it was difficult. Really not what I'd expected. But yeah, am I glad I stuck with it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah,
1: a lot of people I'm speaking to are obviously from, from places that started with mats. They, they didn't see a ring until it was a show day or, or what have you. Uh, was, was that kind of the case for yourself? Is it all mats until you, you graduated to a ring or was the first time... Going to ring on show days, things
0: like that? Slightly different. So, W3L actually have a, a sort of ring set up in their training school. So, um, I was quite lucky to the, the very first training session I, I was inside the ring. You know, um, obviously, I know quite a lot of schools um, or previously had just sort of mats. And then uh, the first time you were in a ring was, was when you were making your debut. Thankfully, that wasn't me. Um, and as I said, W3L had the ring set up. So, you would do your training inside the ring. You would, you know, you'd do the basics like you, you know, you'd be hitting the ropes, you know, taking your bumps, your rolls, etc. Inside the ring on the first session, so it'd be very, very rare from 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 my perspective anyway that I wasn't in the ring whilst training. Um, obviously we have the mats and stuff to to do uh, different bits and pieces. But yeah, thankfully I was always around the around the ring. I'm not really sure how the guys do it without um, without having one. So yeah,
1: hats off to them. Uh, and, of course, you made your debut, it was, I think it was a tag team match. Uh, you were you were pulled as a, as a stand-in for a tag team match. I think you were Kevin Williams against, didn't write it down, but I'm assuming it was uh, Noble Lions or Continuity Continuous or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I actually made a, an appearance, I think, the month before that. So I got a spot on a Battle royal show. Um, it was in my hometown. Uh, and the pr- promoter messaged me, I think it was like a week before. And I would only been training for about a year at this time, so I was, I was absolutely ranked wrong, um, wearing a singlet and everything. But, yeah, I made my debut um, in that sort of battle royal. And then I think it was, yeah, the next month or the next week, uh, tagged with Kevin Williams against... Um, I don't... I can't... I think it was actually... Um, I think it was a team with... Oh, i oh, don't
1: know. I've got a scapegoat in, Market.
0: Yeah, right. So it was those, those guys... Um, So that was kind of the first actual match I had. It was at Petticoat Bay, which is a really cool venue for the the W3L run, actually. Um, It's like a holiday sort of camp and the the crowd's really close into the ring and they're really, really loud. And it's one of those venues that's just amazing. So, yeah, that was the sort of the, the, the second match after the debut. And um, yeah, it's another match I haven't watched back also often, but um, yeah, it was really really fun and just thankful for the the guys that obviously gave me that sort of early opportunity because, as I said, I'd only been training for a year at the time, which is kind of rare in wrestling. Uh, you usually hear about guys who train for uh, quite a bit before before getting that opportunity, you know. Um, I
1: always I, I always forget about galas. Uh, it seems to be every, the last maybe four or five I've spoke to going. I'll your debut match. It's always. No, I did a gala beforehand or a battle royal, and it's, it's. I suppose it's you're against you're in front of people that won't know if you're doing it wrong. I suppose yeah, <laughs> gala exactly. especially these
0: gala shows. Yeah, I mean it's not wrestler isn't usually advertised on on the, the the gala. You don't you don't go to a gala to watch the wrestling. You know it's something that's there that you might pass and watch for five minutes. So yeah, I mean it's one of those things that's probably a good opportunity for the newer guys and the less experienced guys to go on. And, and get a bit of experience, you know. So, yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: so, you really came to my attention. Of course, I was a fan of Games and Games, the, the team, anyway. Uh, and especially your, your Nando's uh, inspired... <laughs> Don't say Nando's gimmick, because they might come for me. Uh, Nando's inspired gimmick of Jason Reed and Chill. Uh, what what was behind that character initially? It was just yourself turned up a little bit. What was, what was behind Jason Reed and Chill?
0: Um... Yeah, probably just a bit of that, to be honest. Um, it it kind of was just me at the time, you know. I was just kind of this cheeky lad who was, you know, kind of trying to break into wrestling. Um, yeah, I just like to have a bit of fun. Um, I look back now and I'm thinking, what was I thinking, you know? But at the time, it, it, was, it was fun. I was enjoying it. Um, and it was just kind of that almost like little and large, um, polar opposite kind of thing we had going on with, with, with Kev at the time. Um, and yeah, man, I really, really loved Nando's. So I was like, I'm just going to like incorporate this whole thing. Um, and, and that was actually a thing, believe it or not. Nando's. Um, I didn't actually get contacted, but I, one of my uh, good mates uh, uh, works for, for Nando's, and um, it was it was actually part of a discussion at one point that the whole merchandise thing had had landed on a table somewhere in Nando's, and they were looking into if it was you know going to cause any problems or whatever so that's why I kind of went down a different route shortly afterwards and um, I think it was like um something else and chill after that so yeah Nando's was ditched and that was the reason why but yeah it was just kind of everything thrown into one you know it was fun it felt different at the time and we were able to film quite a lot of things like a lot of skits as well um and then when it came down to doing the actual matches and shows we, we just had so much fun you know so it was great uh so did
1: you feel like comfortable doing those kind of skits? Are you quite an outgoing person or extrovert? Because I know a lot of wrestlers, when I speak to them, seem to be uh, larger and life characters, but, but behind the curtain they're like, quiet, don't want to bug anyone, don't want to be involved. Were you always quite an outgoing person?
0: Yeah, I was at the time, for sure, yeah. I mean, if I compare that to, um, you know, what I'm like now, it's the complete opposite. Um, I'm still very outgoing. Um, easy to get along with, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm quiet in respect to what I was before. Um, I used to be very loud, um, joking in people's faces, you know, um, playing jokes, etc. Um, just shouting and screaming stupid stuff to make people laugh. Um, but it, it's maybe an, an age thing, you know, I feel like I've kind of grown up in the, the short space of time I've been involved in wrestling, um, which is pretty cool for me because I've kind of transitioned through um, as I've kind of went on to different characters and done different stuff, I've kind of grown up along the way as well, which is cool. But in terms of like the videos and stuff, yeah, I, I have absolutely no qualms in, in, in doing sort of these skits or videos. I love it. I think it's all part of it. I just love being on camera, you know, love um, telling stories and stuff. So, yeah, um, it was always something that, that I was kind of kind of excelled in and always look forward to.
1: Um, so just before you, you ditched the whole Netflix or the, the whole just read and Chill thing, uh, you had a, a match with Joey Legend, of course, at the time, probably would have been one of your bigger opponents. I mean, I, I mean yeah. of course, Andy Wilde would have been in there somewhere as well. But uh, so it was like going in against Joey Legend for the W3L title, uh, your first title match, main event, I'm guessing? Uh, what was that like for you?
0: Yeah, it was cool, actually. Um, and it was almost like a little, I felt like it was kind of a, a bit of a thank you. Um and I think that the more you're in wrestling, this obviously um, appeals at different sort of levels, etc. You know, as you sort of move through your career. But at that point, it, it was it was really really big for me. Um, so obviously, Joe had held the, the the championship for a long time. Obviously, he'd done work in in WWE. Um, you know, across the Attitude Era, um, and really really nice guy as well. He, he always, whenever he's brought in, he always does, um, he's always on the top of his game, gives everything he's got. Um, and I think that's cool for guys that, that, that are coming and, 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 you know, to do that job. Um, the actual match itself, yeah, was main event. I think it was on a Thursday night in Berwick. Um, and yeah, I was kind of, I was really, really nervous. I remember that because it was the first sort of kind of main event for the title um, and we were running through it and I was, you know, panicking, thinking I didn't have everything down and I was forgetting things and, and losing where I was. And obviously Joe's this really, really experienced guy. You know, he's done it, he could do it, on, you know, in his sleep. Um, so sort of two different ends of the spectrum. But the crowd were amazing. I um, actually ended up with a concussion that night. Um, I think one of, I think uh, he does the, 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 the curb stomp type gimmick. Um, and, yeah, just I got too excited uh, and just kind of went into that full on. Uh, yeah, concussion hit like a ton of bricks straight away. Um, someone else had to drive uh, my car home last n- that, that night. Last night. Um, yeah, that night because I, obviously I was so concussed. And, um, yeah, so I don't really remember much of the, the latter part of the, the match. But, yeah, overall, it was such a cool experience. And, yeah, I was thankful for that at that, that point in my career, you know.
1: Yeah, of course, uh, Joe, uh, Joey Legend, who has told me, I think every time I've met him, that he invented the stump So there's yeah. there's a little tidbit of information. He did,
0: he did, yeah, he told me that too. Yeah, I just take his word for it now, to be honest.
1: Between that and uh, eventually, I, think, I can't remember who I spoke to about it, but he always brings up, I think it might be TJ will speak to anyway, uh, but yeah, he always brings up his friend Adam. You know, Edge from the WWE. Yeah. But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, all the classics. Um, so yeah. when I properly saw you for the first time, today, it would have been WrestleZone. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. being been up in this this part of the, the country. Um, and already, by the time I'd seen you, you'd already been heckled uh, several shows beforehand as uh, Donald Trump a person here. So <laughs> what was your initial reaction when you got that chant? It must be one of your first or second matches, I'm guessing, uh, of, of the Donald Trump chants.
0: Yeah, it was at the... Um... The, the hotel. I don't know which one it is. It's the one they do the rumble at. Uh,
1: Northern, um, I,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. So, I think when I originally came up, I, I tried to do this and obviously they'd they, they done the turn with me pretty early on-ish and, you know, I wanted to be a super cool bad guy, which nowadays if that was me, I'd be like, you're daft, mate. Like, that, what you, are what you thinking? Anyway, I wanted to be a super cool guy that was, you know, big, tough, mean guy, whatever. So, Anyway, we come out for this show and um, I hear the the, the, the the crowd chanting something. And I'm like, what is it they're saying? And it gets louder and louder and I make it out. And someone, I can't remember who it was. I think it was one of the referees was like, they're chanting Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm like, what? They're chanting Donald Trump. I'm looking about I'm like, "Oh, well, he's definitely not here. So like, what's going on? Um, and then you know I'm kind of clicking on. I'm like, ah, oh, right, right, right. So obviously at the time I've got in my mind that I want to be this big, big, big bad tough guy. So I'm paying no attention to the Donald Trump chance at all. So anyway, we go backstage and the promoters. There's a couple of them there. They were like, "This is amazing. Like, we need to run with this. This is this is the whole. This is the idea." And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. So anyway, fast forward to the next time we're there. And we come out, and yeah, the chants are there again, and I'm just you know playing it off like, oh, you know, don't call me that. I don't like it. You know, I'm a pretty boy. I don't want to be called Donald Trump. Going absolutely ballistic, and they just get louder and louder and louder and louder, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. Um, and that's what it's all about, you know. For me, it's about getting that reaction, telling that story. Um, I don't. I'm not bothered if you're booing or cheering me. You know, if I'm trying to do a set job, then obviously I want one or the other. But if I'm getting a reaction and, and people are shouting and chanting stuff, then that's great. Um, and yeah, the promoters are happy and, and they love it as well. Um, I think one of the re- regrets um, probably towards the end of WrestleZone before everything shut down was maybe just trying to you know steer away from that a bit too much. I maybe felt like I was like, trying to go back to that other persona again when I you know I didn't really need to. Um I think that the character of the, the Donald Trump thing works. It's thing is great. Um so yeah, it'll be exciting to get back up to WrestleZone and just see see what the the crack is. But yeah, it's um it's a lot of fun. I love being at WrestleZone. It's great.
1: Um, yeah, especially with the the whole agent W having uh, the most annoying yeah. manager Jeeves Winchester in your in your corner. It was just even now, um, when I was, when I was because my wife doesn't watch, she comes to the Rumbles, she likes the Rumbles, that's pretty much her thing. Um, so I was saying, oh, I'm speaking to Jason Reed tonight. She was like, oh, who's, who's Jason Reed again? And I was like, the Trump guy. She, ah, I know who you're on about. That's fine, <laughs> the Trump guy. So um, it, it still works from up here anyway. <laughs> um, I know,
0: I think we need to, we'll need to bring it back. Once we get back up and running, I think we'll need to go back to the, the roots and just, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um
1: i' just i'm just having so many memories of that because it was it always seemed cruel because there was nothing you were doing that you had a tan that was it that's you had tan in Aberdeen so they for your do a very,
0: very 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 big tan at the time a very big tan and very sort of uh, gingerly blonde quiff um and yeah and then i think like you say agent w just kind of got chucked into the mix. And uh, yeah, I mean, the rest is history. He's another that's another kind of worms. Our agent W, he's um, he's he's just as much mischief as uh, as Jason Reid, I think. Um, but it, it's fun, you need to keep an eye on agent W sometimes, but it's fun.
1: And uh, it was long, it wasn't long before you're actually a singles champion there, the Tri Counties champion, which uh, I think did you win it at Aberdeen I think you won want to yep. the uh, oh, 2019 uh, Leisure Centre. Leisure-
0: that's right, man. Yep, yeah, that's right. Uh,
1: I remember there. Not that I'm, I'm focused entirely on it, but I remember they got the gold trunks and and uh, win the title. So it was like winning the title at, at an again. It wasn't quite the ballroom uh, because of course they moved away from the ballroom by that point. I've yeah. uh, always like winning it, at WrestleZone's biggest show of the year.
0: Yeah, a huge, huge career highlight without a doubt. And yeah, I think you know it always will be. In all honesty, uh, no matter what I go on to do, it'll always be a memory I look back on fondly. Um, and I was actually due to, to go on holiday the, the day before that. And I had phoned one of the, the promoters um and just said, Look, um, what have you guys what what's, what, what's the plan for Aberdeen Anarchy? Because, you know, I've just booked this holiday. Um was there anything that am gonna miss out on anything? I'm like, Well, this is this is the plan. I'm like, right, okay. <laughs> it's a bit of an issue. <laughs> uh, and I phoned Andy Wilde and uh, I ran it past him and like, look, listen, this, this is the issue, you know, I've just booked a silly holiday um and this is what they want to do. He was like, man, you you gotta rearrange the holiday if you can. Cause he, if you remember, he had just won it a few months previously, or a few months prior, sorry. And yeah, it he was like, it done wonders for me. Um was really, really good, had uh, done a lot to to drive me forward and stuff. So ended up changing the holiday to fly out the very next night, float to Dubai. So I'd done the show on a Saturday night um at Aberdeen. So the four way is Obviously, myself, Andy Wild, Mister P, and Sean, um, and it was such a huge show, wasn't it? Because there was loads of guys on it. So Pac was on it, um, Lionheart was on it. Um,
1: there was a few other big names, wasn't there? Uh,
0: um,
1: most it was most their core guys, but I think it was it was with yeah. Dame, Red Lightning was on it as well, of course. Yeah,
0: and they had that big match for the you know the, the title as well, and it was great. The match went really really well. We had a four way. I think we had about ten minutes. So always kind of difficult to 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 put that story over but yeah it was really really fun um won the title that night drove home and yeah flew it to Dubai with the title the next day Uh, I had to ask very very nicely to take that title all the way to Dubai um on an eight hour flight but um thankfully they (laughs) they agreed and uh, yeah got some cool cool shots and cool promos with it over there so yeah a a huge highlight and yeah I always look fondly on that that night for sure
1: I was definitely. I was remembering there was there was uh, some sunny photos including the belt. I thought I definitely can't be can't be Aberdeen. Uh, so you mentioned Andy Wilde there, uh, of course yourself, Andy Johnny Lyons comprise the trio as the Five Delight. Yeah. Uh, how did that relationship start? I assume it's Johnny was through W3L.
0: Yeah. Um, so I was training in W3L probably the first few months. You know I started there, and. Um, yeah, he, he came along and we kind of hit it off straight away. Started training together. Um, yeah, became really, really close friends, actually. We shared a lot in common, obviously still do. And um, We'd had sort of similar paths and stuff, um, similar hobbies. So we grew really, really close together. And then um, wrestlers and then booked Andy Wilde again because he took some time away from wrestling. And it was just Andy and I, I'd never met Andy before, but Stu, sorry, Johnny Lyons says, um, you know, you're going up with Andy and, you know, you'll really like him. You two are exactly the same person, Um, so I'm excited for you. So, yeah, met up with Andy, travelled up to Bankery, um, middle of nowhere, for a show. Um, That was the first time I met Andy, and just the exact same story. We just grew closer and closer together as really, really uh, great friends, built a, a really strong friendship, and then, obviously, Johnny Lyons was there as well. We were traveling to up to WrestleZone every third or fourth week. We were hitting the gym together in the morning. We were going out for meals together. Um, and that was obviously back in like 2017, 18. And it's just kind of grown stronger, you know, from then. Um, obviously, Andy and I still work out together every single morning and um, anything I do kind of runs through Andy and vice versa. Um, there isn't a, a stronger friendship in, in the world than in the Five Delight um, and it's really cool because I don't think it's very common in wrestling to have that sort of level of, of, of friendship, you know, um, and that was cool and I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing for for Johnny, obviously he's now coaching the, the juniors class at FPWA whilst he's enjoying his retirement, I know he's itching to get back but he's enjoying retirement and Andy obviously debuting for WWE is just amazing, so, so proud of him and... Uh, yeah, I, I'm, just, um, I'm just thankful to be around both of them, you know, because they, they just bring out the best in you.
1: Um, so I remember listening to a, a podcast, Tickle the Draw, with the three years doing a, a like, driving up okay. and down to a show. Right. <clears throat> you said you have a lot of common with Johnny Lyons. What is probably your cleanest, but uh, what's, what's the wildest story about Johnny <laughs> Lyons that you've had? Have you been to the cinema with him recently? Is that...
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Right, two stories here. Then this this might have been on the the actual tuck of the draw, but so the first one, the the, the first uh, in fact, I've got a few stories because he's such a pot. Right, I will I will keep it clean. So the first one about the cinema, right? He's an absolute nutter when it comes to the cinema. And I'm I am genuinely scared to go to the cinema because whenever you go, whenever he goes to the cinema, there might be someone someone could cough right up the back row, and he'll turn round and he'll go up and he'll be like, "Can you keep it down?" No word of a lie. No word of a lie. Um, so yeah, it's just mental. So I went with him and then um, I'm like, oh my god, please, please, just everyone like don't talk. No one talk because he, he gets really, really angry. And that night, the guy <laughs> that owned the gym that we went to, big huge like power lifter, was sat down the front. I'm like, oh my god, if he speaks, Stu's gonna like Stu's gonna say something, and I don't know who that is. So it's going to be bad. So that was one of the stories. And there was another time he went to the cinema and somebody was talking through it. And he's got all his kids, all his kids with him. And this poor guy's talking and he gets up. Stu's like, oh, you're going to be quiet. We're trying to listen to the movie here. And the guy's like, oh. And then at the end of the movie, they have this like altercation. Stu's kids are just there. It's just, oh, the worst thing ever. And then Stu goes to the toilet and the guy's just standing in the urinal, and the only urinal left is the one next to him. So Stu's just had this altercation with the guy in the cinema, and now he's got to go next to him and, and use the urinal, and they're just standing like, it's just the best thing ever. So that's the first one about the cinema. That's why I don't like going to the cinema with Stu. Um, the second story, this is just, this this kind of, I keep saying Stu, sorry. It's Johnny, Everyone, everyone knows, everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows. So this kind of sums up the, who he is, right, as a person. He loves wrestling, but he loves Johnny Lyon. So me and Andy were going round to his house one day, um, you know, just for a, a bit of food. I think it was like a Friday night or whatever. And he bought this TV, this brand new TV, literally an hour before, right? So the box and stuff was still lying on the floor, all like the, the wrappers and the, the bubble wrap and stuff. And then we're putting music on YouTube. So he brings up YouTube on this TV that's been there less than an hour, and already in the search history is Johnny Lyons entrance, Johnny Lyons wrestler, Johnny Lyons versus some like, whites. You've had this TV an hour, and you've already searched yourself on YouTube. Like what? Well, he's like, oh, you know, man, you know, I've got to got to do what I got to do. And um, so that that sums him up. And the one this is this is uh, honestly. Hands down, one of my favourite stories that I can tell you about Johnny. So we're coming back from a WrestleZone show, and you may have heard this on this, this, the, that podcast. It's about a meal deal and a service station.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so anyway, we're, 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 we finished our show on WrestleZone. So in the car, there's myself, Johnny Lyons, Aspen Faith and Sammy Jane. So we go into the service station and we're all getting food, we're all getting food and, and, and Johnny's picking up the bits of the meal deal, right, <laughs> so he's picking up bits of the meal deal and he's only got three quid, right, and then he's like, oh I wonder if this is in the meal deal, so, he, so he's got his crisps, he's got his drink and he goes to pick up this sandwich but it's like a, it's like a triple uh, sandwich or whatever and he's like, he's like to Aspen, he's like, is this in the meal deal Aspen? And Aspen's like, aye, it's, it's in the meal deal, mate, aye, it's in the meal deal. So he takes it up, right, and he's got his, his, his meal deal there, and he pops it on the counter, right, and the boy's scan it, and it comes to, like, 450 or something, right? And Johnny's like, here, mate, is that not the meal deal? He's like, nah, that's not in the meal deal, mate. And he turns to Aspen, and Aspen's like, "Ah!" <laughs> and Johnny just loses it, like I'm talking, goes berserk. He's like, why you tell me it's in the meal deal? I, I asked you to be a good friend. You tell me it's in the meal deal. He slams this thing down and he walks out and sits in the car. And we're like, oh. So anyway, we're in the car driving home and just no one spoke for the rest of the night. <laughs> Aspen and Sammy get out when we drop them down. He's like, man, I am so bloody raging at that Aspen. <laughs> Mate, it's just a thick meal deal. Like, it's all good, man. But yeah, he's just so, so funny. It's just it's there's such a fine line between Johnny being, you know, uh, laughing at something he doesn't know what he's laughing at and yeah, kicking off at a meal deal. But yeah, it's all part of him.
1: I love it. You no, know I love about that story. Aspen told me the same one, and he said, and he was, he said he didn't know. He said, that when Johnny asked him, he went, I don't know. <laughs> so he, his side of the story is she was entirely innocent to the whole situation from he your, right, <laughs> from your right. for, for point of view he wasn't <laughs> so we're going uh, to need to get Johnny on and uh, I don't actually I don't think I want to broach the subject with him from the from actions from those two stories has,
0: honestly, it's just if if Aspen said I don't know that makes it even funnier that Johnny's misheard him and took his word that this triple club sandwich is in the meal deal when it wasn't and then he got all raging it's just so so funny like, of all the things that you're going to get angry over he picked up an item that wasn't in the mule deal. He could have just simply took them back and picked up something else that was in the mule deal. But no, he was embarrassed. So, that was great. Uh,
1: oh, wow. Yeah, definitely got to get Johnny at some point and write that down. Yeah. Uh, right, so, uh, I mean, still, still in WrestleZone. You, you took the tri County Championship. You've clearly been trusted with this belt because you've taken it to Dubai. Um, then you also went to Discovery to defend it. Yeah, uh, was that again something that you what you approached uh, Alan and, and the promoters of WrestleZone about doing, or how did that come about?
0: Had to speak nicely, yeah. Had to had to ask very very nicely. Um, so the pitch to take it to Dubai was a bit easier. So um, I was like, listen, I'm going here the next day. Do you mind if I take it with me? I'm going to get some good pictures, some good promo shots. It's going to go with the the character because I was going to I wasn't going to turn up to the next show because I was, you know, in this villa or whatever. So that was fine. Got that back safely through customs and whatever, um, which was fine. So yeah, taking it to Discovery. So Discovery were doing this big show in, in the, the the summer. So I think it was July or something at the Corn Exchange. And they had all these big names on. And I spoke to Alan. and he was like, listen, the plans are for you to be in this four-way um, with, I think, so I think it was Alexander Dean, um, somebody else, uh, boy from down south. I'm not. I'm not being disrespectful. I just have a terrible memory. Um, if you tell me his name, I'll, I'll, I'll know. And Sam Barber.
1: Uh, it was Fraser. Some Fraser Thomas.
0: Fraser, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy. So we had this big match, and obviously you've you've seen me at wrestles. I really like to try and make the most of everything. So I've obviously got the the, the title. I'm like, I wonder if we could maybe. Um, you know, bring this into the fold. So I asked Alan first. I was like, "Listen, if I can get this cleared, you shall we bring this into the fold and and you know just give it a another sort of angle to the story?" He's like, "Perfect, sounds amazing." So I phoned WrestleZone on. I was like, "Listen, um, how do we feel about this?" Um, and I'm, I've put this big spiel over him. I like said, "It'll be great." I've, I've got Discovery to tag you in it. Every single tweet they put up, so more people will follow you. We'll, we'll get the, the the WrestleZone logo everywhere, et cetera, et cetera. And um, they're like, right, we'll get back to you. And, you know, I'm still waiting. Week goes past, days go past. We'll get back to you, we'll get back to you, we'll get back to you. And the show's like the next weekend. And I'm like, listen, you know, can I use this? Is that okay? They're like, yeah, go for it. So anyway, got the go ahead. We got it in the promos and stuff um got out a discovery which was really really cool actually um you know from a personal standpoint but the aim for me wasn't it wasn't to I wasn't to tick something off my list it was to to get more eyes on the two companies that 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 had meant the most to me you know because wrestlers had put their faith in me so early on in my career I wanted to to just repay them and, and get eyes on the product and, and take their title and um, and, and defend it, you know, um, as the sold-out Corn Exchange, and the same for Discovery. I wanted to just up the ante a bit, um, so it was cool. I think the only other time a I, 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 I title was defended, which wasn't Discovery's own, was Ring of Honor, and I think it was Cody Rhodes beforehand. Um, stand to be corrected, but yeah, pretty cool stat. But I just I love that that thing about wrestling, you know, you can just you can take something and, and just make it into something really cool.
1: Um, no, I think, I think it was. I think it was Cody. And I think Jay Lethal also defended the Ring of Honor title. Oh, so man. to have that and to have the wrestler's own title just in that mix is still pretty pretty cool. Outside of wrestling, though, I mean, you seem to be very good at marketing yourself and, and getting ideas across. Was is that anything you did outside and think college or what have you, like business marketing?
0: Uh no. Yeah. Funnily enough, it's really weird. Um, I didn't. I didn't really go. I didn't do any. I didn't go to college. I didn't go to university. I finished school, at, you know, in sixth year. I didn't do any any studies around um, marketing or, or business. Um, you know, obviously I've got a good background in, in in business now and in business development and, and self promotion. Um, but it's just all about learning from different people for me. So there hasn't just been one thing or one course that I've, I've I've went to or went on to learn about things. It's, it's all different aspects so you know I've got a, a good mate of mine that's that that pretty much um, used to run five guys in Dubai and, and now works for a, a sort of homegrown company over there and I ask him about business you know what works for your business and then social media so I speak to Thomas Cairn the ICW referee who does their social media I'm like just tell me everything you know what do I need to do to improve social media what is it I need to like what do I need to tweet, when do I need to tweet, how often, um, you know, things like that. And then it's just about picking up things like all the time. I listen to a lot of audio books from like entrepreneurs, people who have been successful in business. Um, and, and yeah, it's just all about picking up and just being a sponge, learning as much as you can. Um, it, for me, that's all part of it. I always say that, you know, it's 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 um, what we do is, is, is full time regardless of whether you're working full-time or not because it, it doesn't just start and stop um, going to a show it starts for me it starts at five o'clock when the alarm goes I get up to to go to the gym for 90 minutes and then it, it, it continues when I have to eat you know five six meals a day and then it continues when I have to schedule social media posts and research more about current trends and hashtags and you know, um, you know I need to go and search how, how, how well the posts are doing and then I need to produce content and film videos you know so it's just all of that and it's just bundled into one big ball and it's professional wrestling
1: um especially like that uh, briefly did like the read this uh bits and, and social media parts uh one that caught my eye and then we could kind of move on from wrestling stuff because i always i always seem to speak if, if i get the chance to speak oh, about oh, it, i will yeah definitely man i love it because because i think it's a company that I, I need people to know about because it's like hidden up here uh, in, yeah, in this area. Indeed. But uh, there was talks of, you said there were seven members of, I think it was seven, of a reed cabinet, which never came about. Is that still a future plan? Do you have any names in mind uh, to join this reed cabinet? Or is that just a little bit of a tease just to, to keep us all guessing?
0: It's a thing, man. It's a thing. What if I told you 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 already know who the seven are you you know the guys you don't you don't know um, that they're part of it but you you know the seven guys um, and you know I haven't had to utilize that as of yet but um, you know when things get back up and running um, yeah you never know man you never know we um, it's a, it's a slow burner for sure because it's been a couple of years since I posted that and I, I know the exact one you're talking about but. Yeah, um, it wasn't just made up to, to get people talking, it was um, it's a thing, man, it's a thing.
1: I think as soon as you put that up, every time that myself or Adam did a preview of a show, it was like, is this the time we see this cabinet? Is this the time? Uh, exactly,
0: but- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you haven't seen it yet.
1: <laughs> uh, one day. But uh, right, so during all that, of course, you were also booked into the Drew, Drew Galloway Invitational. Uh, hosted yeah. by GPWA uh, as a wild card, so you weren't. It was you weren't part PBW, you weren't part of GPWA or Source was our one. Uh, so it was yourself, and I think it was Steel Doris was the other wild card. Uh, so it yeah. was like getting the call for that.
0: Yeah, again another sort of highlight early on, and it's funny you forget about doing these little things actually, um, and it's cool to be reminded of it because you remember at the time how how special it was, um, and that was a big thing for me because I was I was kind of. Um, when I was coming through training and stuff, and, and trying to make it on the scene, I always had this thing drilled into me, right or wrong, um, and, and you probably know the answer. I always had this thing drilled into me that if you were from a certain part of the country, you couldn't make it in Glasgow, um, and I always, I didn't believe that ever. I always knew that I was going to do that and and, and uh, break into to the Glasgow scene. So when I got that first call to do that. That was the first time I'd, I'd sort of wrestled outside either Aberdeen or, or Fife, you know, or, or obviously Edinburgh. Cause I think that was maybe about the same time. So that was big for me. It was cool to be involved in that setup. Um, and it was exciting um because I knew I'd proved all these people wrong, you know, that had said you'll never you'll never get out of fife or you you can't go to Glasgow. It's not how it works. Um so that was cool. That was exciting. Um and yeah, I think the whole sort of setup for that tournament was great. Um, really really great i think they maybe done one before or maybe after it as well which was which was really really fun um and i think the whole sort of gpwa slash icw setup has come on leaps and bounds since then i mean if you could see the sort of this setup and production they've got now it's just night and day but um sign of a good business you know moving with the times uh
1: just for move forward from that it's just to apologise to Damien because it was Damien that was the other wild card uh, from from yeah, yeah. um, So I feel bad. I don't want to to forget him because I'm trying to get him on the show as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, from that point onwards, you made your I.C.W. debut not long afterwards in Aberdeen, uh, of course, as part of Kenny Williams' uh, forever trainee part. He was just taking on yeah. newbies yeah. Um, again. So like you're saying you were kind of, it was kind of jumped into your, your head that you weren't going to make it outside of Fife or, or elsewhere. Here you are, ICW, uh in a, in a town that knows you. So it's not like you're worried about being in Glasgow and having nobody know who you are. You're in Aberdeen, so people know who you are. Which is weird, because it was kind of like it was a deal. Uh, so what was it like getting the call for ICW and making your debut? It
0: was amazing, man, because... um it was always one of my goals. You know, I, I know obviously I'd done the thing with GPWA, but I wanted to debut for ICW and I wanted to be on the main roster in ICW. So it was always the main thing I was kind of working towards. Um, and I always remember I was coming, I was actually on a train uh, coming home and um, Andy Wilde phoned me. Um, and uh, yeah, he told me that um, I, I'd, I'd been asked to to do the show in Aberdeen. Um, and I was buzzing. I was over the moon. Um, I couldn't couldn't really believe it. Because um, at that point then, um, it seemed so far away, um, you know, because it is difficult because there's so much you need to kind of do to, to get to that point. So, yeah, I, I was I was buzzing and I, I couldn't really wait to, to get stuck in. And obviously Andy had been a, a mainstay at that point. And then I found out I was going to be working with Kenny as well, which is amazing because um, Kenny's such a talent, you know. And obviously that's testament to him being signed by WWE at the age he is. Um, and, yeah, like you say, it was in Aberdeen. It's I think it's a bit of a misconception because a lot of people seem to think that I'm from Aberdeen. Um, I don't know where that's come from. I just, unless it's because I'm always kind of in Aberdeen. But, yeah, so that's, that's people think I'm from there. So I think that's maybe why I was asked to come in for that show. I don't really know. But, yeah, that was the first one. Um, and, I, yeah, I was proper excited for it. Very, very excited. Obviously nervous, but excited to get out there. Um, I remember the very sort of first move that I hit. The, the main thing in your head, your head is not to make any mistakes or not to mess up and um, the very first move I hit was like a kind of flying knee in the corner to, to Kenny and I've, I've kind of went in with so much force that I've hit him with the side of the knee and just went over backwards outside the ring and I'm like oh god like I've just done like this backflip on onto the floor I'm like what am I going to do but yeah I think after I watched it back, it kind of looked like it was it was meant almost, and um, so that was the good thing. And yeah, Kenny was obviously saying help me through the the whole sort of thing. And um, yeah, finished finished very strong. And um, there was a, an agent that night um, sorting the match out, and he came and spoke to me. And uh, yeah, he was like, "This is this is uh, you know what you need to work on. You did this really well, etc., etc." And that guy was Coach Trip, which is funny, a bit of a full circle now. Yeah, the whole night was was great and another sort of memory that I'll, I'll kind of live on um, for as long as I do this.
1: What a perfect segue then uh, because, of course, yeah, yeah, so you did the Aberdeen stuff as Adult Donald Trump gimmick, which, of course, he's not very popular up there because he owns a golf course or two. And then you come to, you, you join up with uh, Coach Tripp, uh, Adam Shane, who's a veteran very much of, of Scottish wrestling to form the people which is quite a a brave tandem to do in Glasgow. Uh, But what was, how how did that actual partnership come about between yourself and coach and then forming into the people?
0: Yeah, so it kind of came out the blue again. Um, I kind of spoke on and off with coach anyway, because believe it or not, we had a few things in common. So I'd spoke to him before we actually got together. Um, uh, We were in this group chat and um, he actually put a message in and the message read something along the lines of um, can't wait for the, the the boys to what was he said, can't wait for the lads to 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 get together to form a team or something like that to that effect. And I'm like, what is he talking about? And then he said it again, and I'm like, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. Then he phones me all of a sudden. I'm like, This is weird. He was like, um, are you ignoring my hints? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, Well, um, I'm getting a new a new project. I'm like, All right. Who is it? He was like, it's you. I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. So, um, yeah, so I ended up working with Coach. He was like, look, this is how it's going to pan out. This is what I want it to be. And, like, this is, for me, cool because, you know, Coach has been there. He's managed former World Championship. Everyone he's managed previously on ICW is either now in WWE or, you know, they've won the World title, um, which is crazy to me. Um, and now you know they're putting me with this. He's he's coming to. He, I'm going to be his protege after all that that sort of list of accolades. Mental. So we had thought um, kind of long and hard about what to do. Um, we were like, we need to think of something. I d- I was conscious that I was following the likes of Paul Promotions, um, you know, Jackie, Mark, DCT. I didn't want to just be a carbon copy. I wanted to do something different. Um, so there was a lot kind of going through in my mind. It was a really, really hard process and we were called in to do um, kind of a, a sort of a, a segment on the screen um, and Mark Dallas was like, listen, you've got about 90 seconds. Just make a name for yourself. Just get people talking. So we done this promo and we finished it with, and this was purely by chance. This was not planned in the slightest. So we, we, we finished the, the promo and um, I said, we are. And coach said, look to me and says, the people. And the place just went silent for a second. So everyone just dropped and they were like, oh, my God, what did you say? So half were like cheering, half were booing. They're like, oh, my God. So, yeah, and it just took off from there, man. It just took off and it was amazing. We've kind of never looked back. Yeah, we kind of pushed the, the 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 envelope a bit but um, it is what it is, you know, we're getting a reaction. We aren't doing anything that's, that's out of line um, or that's uh, offensive, it's a character, you know. We're, we're, it's just something that's, that's instilled in Glasgow and we portray it. Um, and, yeah, we, we haven't looked back and um, it's, it's not even started yet, in all honesty. We've got so much more to do and, it's, yeah, it's exciting times.
1: Um, yeah, well, as soon as I saw it happen, of course, up here, I well, I don't really like football. I don't care about football anyway. But I know the, I know the diff, I know what gets people ticking, especially that kind of thing. But seeing half half of Twitter going, oh my god, I can't believe he's doing this. And are people just doing hashtag WATP Jason Reed, which <laughs> yeah. is just a bit mad. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of got started. Uh, you get in the reactions. You had your face off with the likes of Trent Seven in, in the Square goal. Um Cameron, did you have any interaction with Jeff Jarrett during that? Square Go event were able to pick his brain talks he was at that show if I remember rightly
0: yeah no I didn't unfortunately I think it was it was a fairly busy show that night from what I remember Um, and there was quite a few things we had to do prior to sort of we had to do some other filming and stuff so didn't unfortunately get the chance but um, yeah hopefully next time he's over for sure we'll, we'll pick some brains but like said, so like Trent Seven and that you know that these are the guys that you know obviously I got to go and, and do this sort of the face off with him and it's, it's great to, to be around those guys because they're so, so good, so experienced and they just know what good looks like. So, you know, it's, it's a win-win really.
1: So, yeah, so it's, it's all going well. The people's getting getting uh, the reactions. Pandemic hits. Uh, I'm doing that yeah. thing. I'm, I'm watching myself. And I've, I've watched too much Stone Cold where he does his hand talk. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, so the pandemic hits. Nothing's happening. And you're just starting Jason Reed's Away Day podcast, which yeah. kind of stopped stone dead as well, because of course you can't get into a car with someone. Uh, but what was yeah. what was your initial idea behind doing the Away Days podcast?
0: Content man, Um that's purely it. Wrestling had obviously stopped. Bang done. There was there wasn't even the tapings that we're doing now. It completely stopped, and there was nothing there was nothing to post, there was nothing to talk about, there was no matches, there was no promos, nothing and obviously podcasts um, are great, I really love podcasts, I love coming on podcasts Um, but I didn't want to do something that someone else was doing because then it just becomes, it, it becomes diluted for guys like you, you know, who take time out of your schedule to put together shows and hear comes you know uh, jason uh, starts doing a podcast out of nowhere right so i didn't want to do that but i like the idea of just getting in with the boys and the girls and just speaking about wrestling so i'm like why don't i just pick people up and we'll just film it and we'll just talk for 45 minutes or an hour and i think we've done how many did we do i think we only done two
1: yeah
0: we even one,
1: maybe, right? They maybe did, one in the they ca- did one in the car and one overs soon, i Right.
0: So well, we done one in the car with Sean McLaughlin, the referee,
1: and that was great.
0: Um, you know, we done that. We just literally talked about wrestling and, and, you know, everything that was... It was really good. It got, you know, done really well, done loads of views, and then the restrictions came into place. So, like, you can't, you know, can't come near... You've got to stay two metres apart. So that that thing was knackered. And then i done a few at home um you know i think i think andy came on for one and it was great um and i found out really really quickly that i was more passionate about speaking to people like you than i was being in your position if that makes sense so i i I like what we're doing now but i find out when i was on the other end i wasn't really passionate about it and i couldn't put everything i wanted into it it was probably to do with the settings, you know, because we're having to do it at home. Um, and it's, you know, that, that that was the main reason. And also ICW brought out um, a, a, a lot the show called Lockdown when they were doing the same thing. And um, yeah, it was just in everyone's best interest to sort of cease um, that moving forward. But it was fun at the time. You know, I got to speak to a few guys um, and it was at the start of lockdown, when everything was closed for the first time, we needed things to do. You know, whereas the second lockdown and stuff, we kind of had, we're like, right, we can do this. And, you know, we're kind of more relaxed about going to do this, you know, but the first time there was nothing. So it was something to look forward to as well, you know, but um, yeah, it was was a a nice little experiment. But I I think moving forward, I'll leave it to guys like you who actually know what they're doing.
1: (laughs) Oh, I don't. But uh, no, I'm pretty much the same. That's why I started it. There was, there was nothing to do. There was no content. I couldn't write about anything. Couldn't put up results. There's no shows to do results about. And uh, I, I'm the opposite. As in, I think you're, by the looks of it, you're more comfortable speaking to face, people face-to-face, whereas I'm more comfortable doing it this way. Where it's, right. it's I don't, when, like, even when I've met you after shows, I'm very quiet, I'm very reserved, because... I'm always conscious of that awkward bit once the conversation ends. Whereas <laughs> on Zoom, once the conversation ends, I hit end of meeting and it's over. It's gone. It's done. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, so that that was that was why I started it, because of content. And really, if, if anyone knows my editing process, they'll be astounded that I've gotten over 70 episodes so far because I just save it, put an intro in the intro, and then upload yeah. it. I don't, I don't Brilliant, just...
0: man. That's really good.
1: Um, yeah, we'll speak to Andy tomorrow, actually. So uh, we keep mentioning Andy Wells. like, I can't wait to speak to him tomorrow because there's probably so much to speak about. Um, so, yeah, you did the, the Away Days podcast. Uh, you also dabbled in Twitch and gaming as well, which ev- I think everyone seemed to do. You had Twitch or podcasting and you stuck yeah. to one. Uh, of course, with Ashley Vega, your partner. Yeah. Uh, yes. Doing the GM mode for a little bit. Um, That's right. Again, how did you get how would you get involved? Were you just asked, "Do you want to do this?" or, or, or were you trying to kind of get some content in and and be involved uh, with that?
0: A bit of both, a bit of both. I think um, obviously she's really into gaming. Um, you know, she's got like all the consoles and all the old wrestling games and stuff. And I think she maybe done a bit of that before herself, just at the start of lockdown, like filming um, like different games and things. Um, Honestly, no idea how she even does it. She's got all these different sort of like programs and stuff that film it. And then you've got the camera and the webcam. I just like her crack on. But um, yeah, we kind of discussed to do it like together. Um, and yeah, do that GM mode. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. We done, I think we probably filmed for about maybe four or five weekends. Um, and it was it was really fun. But uh, I think just like everything, um, she probably enjoyed more doing her own stuff for her channel um, and again i'm probably not as passionate about gaming as she is and you always find with those things that if you aren't passionate about it then yeah sometimes it usually doesn't last and um, i have a good feeling i was probably going to win that that war of the gms though you know so if it ever does kick off again and hedge your bets on on uh, the team, team smackdown i think I was.
1: <laughs> um
0: but yeah So well that that was that was it, um, a bit of fun and uh, yeah, so Twitch wasn't my area of expertise. I will stick to Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. I think moving forward.
1: But but you fairly dabbled. You you also had uh, just recently SNJ's in your house podcast again. Yeah. which uh, Again, is just uh, chatting about wrestling. Um, yeah. When when it's yourself just being able to chat about wrestling, you're not you're not really asking the questions. Is that? Like you said before, is that kind of where you found it a bit more comfortable where you're just able to sit back and just chat and not have to think about topics or questions or anything like
0: that? Definitely, man, yeah. And obviously the, the, the S&J thing is a, a bit of a new thing. So I've done a, a, a podcast, a football podcast, and the guy that, that runs it spoke to me and he says, look, I wanted I want to do a, a wrestling podcast. I want to get guys on from WWE, like guests. Um, and I just kind of want to talk about shows and things. And... Um, would you do it with me? I'm like, well, you know, schedule's pretty busy. Um, I don't know if I can commit to regular shows. Um, you know what you think? And he's like, well, what if we do an hour a month? Um, and we, you know, we do the first one and then we get guests on and stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go for it. I'll, I'll help you out. Um, I'll join you. We'll, we'll talk about wrestling and stuff. And you know, he's got the studio now as well that he's 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 got hold of. Um, so yeah got a good setup so kind of looking forward to that again i wasn't able to commit to anything more than sort of a month uh, an hour a month uh to help him and the, i think that the setup is there's probably four guys on it that are kind of co-hosts if you like so i'm kind of just there in the background providing i, I guess an area of expertise about wrestling so yeah it's, there's not so much um i guess pressure and workload on me so it's good yeah it so it's um
1: another thing you've been Doing, I don't. I think it was just before lockdown because you released your own kind of clothing brand, uh, right? In yeah, seventy-two. So again, yes. what what was what was the story behind that and and getting it all released?
0: So yeah, there's a bit of a story behind it. So um, we obviously all wrestlers have merchandise, right? We know it. There's too many black t-shirts. There's too many black coloured merchandise t-shirts, and I love blue. Right. I'm fond of a black T-shirt. I have got a few, but I love blue and I wanted to do something different. So we created this merchandise and, um, you know, obviously it was kind of catered towards football and wrestling fans. It was like this weird kind of mix between the two. Um, Done really, really well. And then um, an actual merchandise company, 1872, I contacted me out the blue one day and they are like, listen, um, and obviously I can't really go into the, the, the specifics around the deal, but they are like, listen, we want to um, do business essentially, we want to take this from you, um, have you still on board, and, um, you know, do a bit of business and and make it into one brand, um, you know, yeah, cool, whatever, what, what have I got to lose, um, so that's cool, it's been like a successful little side venture, which I never thought I'd, 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 I'd see myself doing. So that's cool. And it kind of caters again to wrestling and football fans. And you just see so many, you know, so many guys wearing it and, and ordering it and stuff. And it's cool. Like I've never been in a position before with merchandise where you see like an order come through a day or like a couple of day, and then you people going out and, and, and like wearing it because it's not, it's not really fully drawn in the wrestling fans, it's more kind of catered to football fans, so it's a different audience, which is why I think it's it's obviously done slightly different than previous ventures. But it's good, yeah. It's a side business. It's um, it's good, and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it.
1: Especially see guys like uh, uh, Drew Drew McIntyre uh, rocking the the Paul Gascoigne uh shirt on there as well. So it's it's quite. It must be a bit wild just being able to see, like, going, oh, my God, this 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 guy is a huge yeah. name and he's wearing something that I'm a part of as well. It's,
0: yeah, it was, a, it was a strange one. Yeah, so I sent it out to um, Obviously, he knew it was coming. We'd spoke beforehand. And, um, yeah, I sent it out and uh, we were trying to get him to maybe wear it on, on Raw or for a promo or something, but it wasn't flying. Um, and then eventually sent that picture back and uh, we are like, can we can we upload this? Is that okay? go for it so yeah loaded it and uh, yeah I mean I think he, he probably helped boost a few sales that night <laughs> so yeah it was good and it suits him so what can I say
1: I know when you started up I was I was gonna I kept eyeing up with the, the tracksuit top but I was just I was so aware that yeah. it. it's so football-esque Rangers-y and I thought yeah. oh, and yeah. I like it so much but I don't think, I mean I don't know what is up here in, in Elgin anyway but I do know there seems to be a lot of of, of uh, Celtic stuff and Aberdeen stuff and all that it kind. Like, it's if someone calls me out of it, I have no defence other than it's wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: exactly. Exactly. So, but, uh,
1: but no, yeah. there, there's some cracking gear on there. And if uh, every time uh, my, my wife's uncle uh, is a big Rangers fan, so every time a birthday present comes up, I'm just like, well, we should check this website. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, well, once a year, a, a table trying to get something bought off yeah. it. So maybe yeah. one day we'll get something, yeah. on and we'll get it over. Um, so, yeah, started all that stuff. I, I'm so glad that it was able to get you on for a show because you seem to be just busy, 100% busy doing other podcasts, you're being guests on, controlling a, a social media empire here. Um, but before, we're still in lockdown, but you got the call. To be back for ICW in the closed door tapings. Um, yeah. Again, how how's that? How'd that call go? Were you were you trying to contact? Going, is this happening, or were you just phoned out of the blue by coach or by someone just going, right, we need you this weekend.
0: So if I remember right, I, it was one of the, Scott Reed, uh, one of the producers, uh, phoned me. and was like him. Um, listen, you know, this is the this is what's happening. We're looking to get. Uh, some guys in, we're going to do some filming for WWE, um, here's all the ins and outs, here's how we're able to do it, here's the precautions we need to do, we need to take to make sure you're safe. What do you say? I'm like, absolutely, you know, I'm able to wrestle in a controlled safe environment, um, you know, in line with COVID regulations um, and, and, you know, it's, it's been filmed for the network. Um, and it was great. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's, it's so different to, to normal shows because there's no there's no crowd. You, you, there's not a full roster. We have to go on in separate times. So uh, and you will maybe find yourself wrestling in the morning as well, which is weird. So you could be in early in as early as 10 o'clock in the morning to, to do your filming. You can maybe film for a couple of hours. Um, and then you know there'll be someone else in at maybe one o'clock and then someone comes in at four and then someone comes in at seven and it's just round the clock. So it's a really, really smooth operation and they essentially film the content and it goes straight to WE and they put it on the network um, and it goes on Peacock TV as well. And the, the deal they've done with Peacock TV, and a lot of people might not know, so Peacock TV, they have, I think, about 38 million subscribers in comparison to the network, who I think had maybe two or three million. So it's absolutely huge. And I think the stat is something crazy, like it goes into 900 million homes worldwide. Uh, Obviously, that's not the amount of viewers, of course, but it's crazy to think that that the content is available to that many people, you know? Um, So that was a real buzz. Obviously, you don't have the roar of the crowd, which is different. You need to adapt that very, very quickly or you'll get found out. But I, I think what's probably different is when, you know, towards the end of the match when you can feel the crowd coming up, it's just dead air. So you have to kind of adapt to that a little bit Um everything's a lot more quieter. You, you don't hear the commentary because the commentary is recorded at a later point. So there's literally nothing. It's just you, the ring and the camera crew. But it's cool. It's really exciting and, you know, so, so lucky to be able to perform because I know there's a lot of people that are not able to do that at the moment. And, um, yeah, it's just I'm thankful to be in a position where I can still kind of do that on a regular basis whilst, you know, keeping everyone safe as well. So it's exciting times, but we're very, very much looking forward to getting crowds back. And fingers crossed over the next month or so, we're going to be there.
1: Um, so, yeah, so now you're able to be searched in the WWE Network, uh, of course, here. It's now uh, Peacock uh, over the, across the pond, as right. you would say. Um, so... When you were when you were told it's going to be in WWE, was it was that the moment you thought all oh, this work I've I've made it now I'm now available to see on WWE, or um, was it just like a, a yeah? What were your what were your feelings and thoughts knowing that you were going to be on the WWE network?
0: So it was cool because it's the WWE network. Um, there was always kind of murmurs about the relationship between ICW and WWE beforehand, but I didn't really know what was going on. So when I found out that, um, you know, it was going straight on the network. I was like, this is amazing. And you probably have that maybe first week or so where, you know, you're telling your mates, telling your family, you know, you're sending them the graphics of you with the WB logo and stuff. Um, but I- I'm kind of different in that way. So it maybe be cool maybe for the first week, but then after that, I want to go and do more. So, like, being on the network for me is cool. Um, and it may have been a kind of mini target, but what, it's not the be all, be all and end all. Like, I want to go and wrestle for WWE full time, um. so I can enjoy it briefly, but then the kind of the hard work then begins all over again. You know, we've got to that level, so we need we need to make sure we're working hard to stay at that level, but also to get to the next level as well. I remember when the first one came out, the first episode that was in the main event, um, I think it was against DCT, and that was pretty cool. Like, I had a, a couple of beers. Um, watching it, I was like, this is amazing, you know, the WWE Network main event, and um, it's cool. But again, celebrate very quickly and then back to the hard work to make sure we get the next goal.
1: Um, and yeah, of course, yeah, DCT, that was, that was kind of the big feud. And I think the first, I think, I, I think Bard was the first one that was going to be on Peacock, the new one, of course, yeah. in front of uh, just 38 million people. Uh, no, no pressure. <laughs> uh, although yeah. at the time, you wouldn't even, wouldn't even known <laughs> it was going to be in front of that. Uh, exactly. So, from that point, of course, we're, we're kind of moving all over the place. Uh, you you joined the team at FPWA, of course. So it's five five pro wrestling asylum. Uh, Andy Wild and uh, his wife own it. Uh, yourself yeah. does sort of take some classes. Johnny does as well. Uh, how were you brought on board? Were, were you there kind of at the inception? Was was Andy just telling you all about FPWA before it was a thing? How did it? How did you get involved with it?
0: Basically, yeah. So as, you know, as a best mate, he was, I knew it was something that he was thinking about for, for a while, a few months before it happened. Um, you know, he kind of used me as a sounding board and vice versa. Um, you know, we're kind of talking business aspects, what we need to, to, to make it um, feasible, um, you know, etc. The ins and outs. And yeah, just really encouraged him because I knew he was capable of, of, of doing it. And um, it was just about finding the right place and, and getting the right support and the right backing. But as soon as he opened it, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that I was making the, the transition across. Um, you know, I was going to support him in everything that he, that he does, you know, and I'll always, always do that. But yeah, this was huge for him to set up this own business. And obviously, as you know... Um, or you may not know, but he's he's now sort of gone full time in, in wrestling and training and coaching, which is huge. So I'll support him in that as, as well, you know, every step of the way. Um, I, I've always kind of been on record to say that I've, I've always um, been thankful for the opportunities I got at W3L. And, you know, the guys that helped me there and trained me there. Um, and I always, always will be um, thankful for, for everything that everyone done for me. And... Um, at that moment in my career, though the time was right for me to make that move and train under Andy, um, and use his experience and, and his sort of his ethos to to become a, as best as as possible. Um, and yeah, again, I have not looked back since. And it's FPW is like a family, you know, very welcoming, and we're so sort so glad to to get the uh, the classes back up and running as well, albeit in small groups, non-contact at the moment, but exciting nonetheless.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, Andy, like I said, I'm going to speak to him tomorrow anyway. But um, what was it like? Was was that another moment where he had the beers out, knowing that he was going to appear on NXT UK, uh, or just where was it? everyone gathered round to watch it? What what was your what was your thoughts on on Andy making it to NXT UK?
0: Yeah, um, I was I was absolutely over the moon for him. Um, obviously, I knew he was going down to to train with them. And to do the filming uh, after and it was such a sort of anxious wait for it to finally appear on the network and uh, yeah I was just so so excited for him because I, I see sort of day in day out the hard working grind that he puts in and the sacrifices he makes um, and I knew that was something a huge goal of his um, and I was so so pleased and so happy for him that he was able to do it and um, we weren't together watching it unfortunately I was just watching it in the house but it was special nonetheless and um, and yeah, I know he was 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 very proud, and uh, I can't wait to see more of him on, on NXT UK moving forward. And I know everyone's going to share that those thoughts as well. Uh,
1: so as far as as special moment, I mean, you had you had fair fair amount in back to back months uh, when you saw. The, I'm, I'm delving into very deep waters of unknown. When the Rangers won, the, <laughs> sorry, uh, when Rangers won the, the 55 title and all that. Um, yeah, how much are you how how much of it were you excited by as a football fan and how much were you excited by as a wrestler? Thinking, oh, I've got half a crowd that's going to absolutely hate me as soon as we get a crowd back and half the crowds going to love me. What, what was your emotions around about that?
0: That's actually a really good question. I didn't know where you were going with that, but that's a great question. I'll answer the latter part of it first. So about the wrestling side of things, it's amazing. I was—I had the guy—I had the fans on strings, enemy, right? Because everyone hates Rangers. We know that. But going back, when crowds come back again, and we're going to get a replica trophy and everything, and um, we're going to get fifty-five printed everywhere flags. Um, I don't know if you've—you've you've noticed, but we've had kind of a, a few interactions with some of the players as well, who've kind of come on board with what we're doing. So the fans have got absolutely no idea what's going to happen when the shows come back. So. That's exciting. Um, about you, know, from, from a, a a football fan, a Rangers fan. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, not ashamed to admit there was there was definitely tears in the eyes. Um, you know, the day we lifted the trophy, and it's probably hard to almost understand, I guess. Um, but you know, I was kind of brought up uh, supporting the club as a very very young boy. My granddad used to take me along every weekend, home and away for a good, good number of years, probably about 16, 17 years, had to eventually stop because of, of wrestling and go a lot less. And um, yeah, as everyone knows, there was a, a long spell where the, the team weren't weren't good, they, they weren't successful. And yeah, we finally got back to, to that point. And it was emotional because there'd been a lot of bad things that had happened um, to the club. And when you have that passion and love for that club it's, it's hard to, to see that happen you know and I know people will be thinking this is a football club he's talking about here not an actual person but when you know you spend time with that football club and you watch them every weekend and you you love them you cheer for them they make you feel um and yeah the only thing I can really try and relate it to from a wrestling standpoint think of it if you know your favorite promotions wwe And WWE just, they almost disappear for like nine years and then they come back with WrestleMania and it's the best WrestleMania ever. How that would just feel so amazing and strange and emotional, you know, because something you've loved and cared for for so long hasn't been what it used to be. And then it's finally back. So... That's my analogy, if you like, and uh, hopefully that makes some sort of sense. But, yes, it was emotional. I enjoyed the day very much. and I'm looking forward to using that when the show's come back.
1: Um, yeah, so, like, a I can't, I don't know, like a Daniel Bryan captain to retire and then came back years later yeah. and won the big one. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. Uh, if, if it's translated to wrestling talk, I can get the, I can understand it all, but, uh, yeah, yeah it's I, I mean, like I'm not understanding, but when I saw the one, uh, my, one of my first thoughts was, oh God, uh, Jason's either going to be celebrated, lauded, or killed <laughs> and the next time there's a crowd. So <laughs> maybe Definitely. a fight going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Uh,
1: so I've got a couple, couple of our silly questions to ask. So if you have listened to any, any past uh, podcasts, you may know them already. But the first one is, what's your favorite dinosaur? <laughs>
0: I love dinosaurs, man. I love dinosaurs. Um, I'm. Well, I bet everyone says a T Rex. Yeah, T Rex, Velociraptor,
1: the classics usually comes up. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the What's the flying one? Is that the Velociraptor? The uh, little... t-
1: pterodactyl.
0: The... Pterodactyl. I'm going for te- yeah. I'm going for a pterodactyl. Love, 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 love. Um, a good dinosaur. So yeah, pterodactyl is going to be my boy.
1: Uh, uh, just just because I haven't mentioned it in a while, some top answers we've had is of course Barney, uh Luchasaurus, yeah. uh turkey dinosaurs, which amazing. Uh, so people, people, have, people have skirted the gimmick quite quite quickly and went, not no, no. me answering this question normally. Uh speaking of abnormal questions, though, so what win a fight, two sheep or one cow? Hmm. We asked the hard hitting questions. <laughs>
0: Oh, this is deep, man. This is deep. Two sheep or a cow.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to go for the sheep, right, because I feel like the sheep, they have... So though the cow is strong, the sheep are faster, you know, quicker. I think the sheep are maybe a little bit more turned on. I think they're a bit smarter, and there's two of them. I think the sheep take it.
1: It's a, it's a question. I, I love how anyone argues it back. Just We'll like just go, oh, it'll be this, that's it. If someone comes to me and gives me a reason, I, I'll love it even better. Uh, got Stone, your, no, Stone I, Malone I asks, uh, what's your favourite McFlurry?
0: Favourite McFlurry? Now, I'm going to go with any promotional McFlurry. Now, that's some McDonald's talk there because I used to work at McDonald's when I was in high school. The promotional McFlurry for our non-McDonald's educated listeners and viewers is the the special McFlurry they're doing at that time. So, for example, the cream egg or um, the, the the Oreo, you know, so you've got your regulars, your Smarties, your crunchy dairy milk, the three regulars, the the special one, whatever the special one is, that's what I'm going for. Uh,
1: I, because I asked you this about six years ago or five years ago when I first interviewed you, uh, is your Nando's order still the same? What's your Nando's order?
0: Right, now I can't, re- I think I know what I told you before, right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you Matt and Nando's order now, and if it's the same, then, yeah, i, I got a funny feeling it will be, so. I'll, I'll find out for you,
1: tell
0: me. Yeah, so we- we're going to go for the starters first, right, now usually you go to Nando's with someone else, so I will talk them into getting uh, three sides, right, so you get three sides for like nine quid or something, right, or starters, sorry. And I'll, t- I'll probably take two and a half of those. So we'll go for the, the hummus, um, which is, you've got the, the peri, uh, the spicy drip and the, the, the bread, the um, the halloumi sticks with a chilli dip, um, and, um, and, 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 what's the other one? Oh, there's another one, there's another one. There's another starter in there. And then on to the main course, we're going to go for a double chicken wrap medium. I used to be lemon and herb, but I'm a big boy now, so I have medium. On the side, we'll have peri chips, we'll have garlic bread, and we'll have an additional side of coleslaw, because Nando's coleslaw is unbelievable. And then, now this is a new thing for me, because I didn't realise desserts in Nando's existed, but they do, and believe me, if you haven't tried them, please do it. You will thank me, and you'll never look back. We're going to have the naughty natas, which is like a little, um, it's like a little kind of, yeah, uh, cake with custard. It's hot, it's amazing. The ice cream and the cheesecake. Holy moly. If you get those, you know, those desserts, I promise you, you'll never look back. The desserts for Nando's, Nando's are absolutely
1: underrated. Now, Billy, tell me what my order was six years ago. So just, just to put the date on into context, we interviewed you in December 22nd, 2016. This was the order that you gave me. It's got to be a s I'm just going it. Uh, it's got to be a starter of hummus with pita bread and peri drizzle to wake the taste buds up. Uh fire straight into a medium double chicken wrap. Uh you said you're not hard enough to go up to hot yet, but you're working on it. With a side of peri chips and cheesy carlet bread. Don't forget the perinese. Yeah! <laughs> Pretty is hang <much> on.
0: <laughs> that's relaxing, but I've just all I've done is just add desserts and that's
1: amazing, man.
0: Honest. I'm a creature of habit, what can I say?
1: Uh, so I didn't even ask we, we, uh, at the start there, we, we, we spoke about your career, your wrestling career, ridiculous things about dinosaurs and, and whatnot. Who are some of your favourite wrestlers? Is it ones that you watch, uh, like, religiously to try and pick up bits and pieces from? Who, who's, who's your, who's your favourite wrestlers?
0: Yes, Triple H. Triple H is my all-time favourite man. Um, I've got his book, I've got all his DVDs, Um, I can tell you matches that he's wrestled in like, in your house shows in 1997. Um, He's my absolute favourite. I think he's um, one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. His work ethic, his characters, his development, his in-ring work, his conditioning is just amazing. Um, Big fan of John Cena. Not a lot of people say it. I love a bit of John Cena. I cannot wait till he returns. I think he will. Uh, Big fan of The Miz. Love The Miz. Randy Orton and Dolph Ziggler, Uh, those are my favourites to name a few.
1: I could certainly the more once you're naming, I could certainly certainly see you've picked up bits from each of them, Um, maybe even subtly or what have you. And it's, I mean, they're
0: definitely man.
1: I'm not so much into Dolph Ziggler, but the rest of them absolutely. Uh, Dolph was when he was when he was like money in the bank and all that kind of stuff, and then kind of petered out. But the rest, Randy Orton, for my money, is the the best in the world, and I don't think people will unanimously agree on that until he's retired. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, I I agree with you right now. I think he is he is the the, the the goat, as they say. Um, I think you will struggle to find anyone better that's currently act actively wrestling at the moment. I think he's uh yeah he's unbelievable, so good.
1: Uh, and much like so, it's, it's a guy that could just play the crowd like like puppets. So I saw him, I saw him in Aberdeen. Everyone chanted for him in a tag team match. He tagged in, everyone roared, and then he tagged out. And that was pretty much it until the end of the match where he hit an RQ. Yeah. Biggest reaction yeah. tonight. did nothing.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Amazing.
1: Um, and yeah, so as part of your so habits, ask the guys you're, you're fans of. Are you watching things like AEW? Are you keeping up to date with with what's going on across the world and
0: I don't watch a lot of AEW, in all honesty. Um, I watch uh, WWE. I watch all of their their products uh, or their brand. Sorry, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK. I watch all the other stuff they do. Um, we always watch a pay per view every weekend. We'll just pick a pay per view at random, um, and and work through that. Um, so yeah, um, obviously, I watch the the content we put out on the network when it goes out at the weekend, and. Yeah, uh, I'm just a huge WWE fan, so I think everything's kind of centred for me uh, around that.
1: Any hidden gems that, that people should check out, like a Triple H match from 97? Well, what, what's what's the kind of hidden gems that people should check out?
0: So my favourite match with Triple H is, uh, you know, the Royal Rumble with um, Foley. Uh, there was Man in yeah. 2000, that's probably my favourite match. But one of the ones that, and, and this is one that Triple H thinks, well, says that kind of took him to the next level, he had a a match on, I think it's an In Your House show, it's the Pig Pen match with um, what's the guy called? I can't remember for life it's, me now.
1: Is it Henry o. Godwin or Phineas?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he takes like the big backdrop into the 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 pig droppings. Amazing. Watch it if you can. Um, he actually quotes that in his book, he was like, I knew one day rolling around in in pig. Droppings will get me to the top, and it certainly did. Triple H, it certainly did.
1: And to think that was the time where he was kind of lowest on the tone pole because I was just after things like the uh, curtain right uh, call and all that kind of th- stuff. So it just goes to show yeah. one, one, one thing, one moment doesn't doesn't define your whole career, I suppose. Exactly. Um, right. Uh, so yeah, so. Look into the future, then, because I'm, I'm very aware that i am take up a lot of your evening. Uh, so, and some reason, if anyone could hear this, an ice cream truck's arrived, which seems fortuitous, because the same thing happened when what? I spoke to, to Kevin Williams way back when um, oh. ice cream truck arrived midway through the podcast. Um, <laughs> look into the future, then. So you, you're already still getting content out there through food W network, through ICW. Is there any opponents that you have, like, maybe mini goals that you want to be able to face, any companies that you want to, to get to. I'm sure WWE, of course, is the the be-all and end-all, but uh, anywhere you want to get to.
0: Yeah, I mean, as you said, obviously, uh, NXT UK is sort of top of the list at the moment, um, you know, and then eventually see what I can do there once I arrive on, you know, at NXT UK. Um, but for the sort of here and now, um, there's a, a certain Mr. BT Gun which is on the radar at the moment, um bit of back and forth with him. So he's next on the list. And then once we get him out of the way, then we want some, we need some gold in ICW. Um So yes, whoever has the gold once we're finished with BT Gun, that person.
1: I uh, think no, no Dar has been ducking you for too long. Uh, uh, he has, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, if there's any advice you'd give someone to either join FPWA or to to get into training, uh, that maybe something that you wish you were told when you started, is there any advice you'd give?
0: Yes, work hard, audit your circle, surround yourself with winners and people that are like you and want to do well, no negativity. Work out, research diets and work hard again. Because there's no substitute for hard work, and um, yeah, if you if you can kind of do all of that, then yeah, um, that's that, I think for me that's the main things. So if I could go back and tell myself that when I first started, if I could just pick myself out of that little circle I was in and drop it over in this circle here, um, give myself all the knowledge about how to eat good and, and and work out well and work hard, then yes, I would be. I'd be. I uh, don't know where I'd be right now, but it'd be it'd be exciting. <laughs> so.
1: Well, perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. I think, I think I've think i covered pretty much all your career uh, for, for, for now. I'm sure next time I speak to you, I'll have a bit of gold around your waist or, or on your shoulder. Uh, we'll, we'll have more stories to hopefully go through. Uh, but yeah, for anyone who wants to find out about yourself, what's your social media? Where can people find out more about Jason Reed?
0: Um So everything's at Jason Reid Wrestler. I think Twitter is Jason Reed Rest because it cuts off after the limit. Um, obviously, merchandise, 1872.co.uk. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much everything. Follow me on all socials and uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of content that goes out every day. So I'm Perfect. sure you'll enjoy.
1: Thank you very much for joining us there.
0: Thank you so much, Billy. Pleasure.